It's lovely to see you all this morning. Lovely to see a full church. It was a full church this morning. We can thank God for what he's doing. We heard two lovely testimonies this morning of what God did in the lives of those two ladies during the lockdown period. God doesn't stop working. I find that wonderful. Let's just bow a moment. If you're at home, just bow with us in prayer, please, as we turn to the Word of God. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that you can speak to our hearts. Whether we're here in this congregation or whether we're joining in at home, we pray that you would unite us in one body under your ministry. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We need to hear your voice. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look this, this morning at the 23rd Psalm, as we've had it introduced already. It's something that the Lord drew my attention to. I was going to thinking of doing something else, but the Lord laid this on my heart and said, this is what we should look at this morning, the 23rd Psalm. And as I said this morning, I'm sure many of you have heard many a sermon, read many a book, contemplated yourself on this psalm over again. And yet the Lord can still speak to us through this psalm, and we shall no doubt hear about it in the future and be blessed again and see things that we had not seen previously. It is a psalm written by David, although he was the king of Israel, Many years in his early life, he was a shepherd on his own, up in the hills, looking after the sheep. He would have had responsibility for all of the sheep. He would have been watching out for those ewes who were pregnant, wanting to make sure he didn't put too much pressure on them, just moving at the pace that they could, they could travel at and finding fresh grass for them to rest in. And as he looked at the way he looked after the sheep, he began to contemplate on the fact that God's treatment, God's care for him was just like his care for the sheep. And he began to realize that God's love was like his tender care for these sheep. And so he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or in the NIV, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Many centuries later, a descendant of David came. He was also God's one and only son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And in the 10th chapter of John, we find him taking up the same theme. Only he expands on it more. And through the words that the Lord Jesus tells us of the, of the Lord as his shepherd, we see a picture of what a Christian is of her follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it helps us to understand that. And uh, it says in the 10th chapter of John, and verse 4, He goes ahead of them. The good, I am the good shepherd, said Jesus. And he, the good shepherd, goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. One of the marks of a believer is he knows the voice of Jesus. You can see someone coming to faith and you can see that once 
things of God just seem to go over their head. And then there comes a point when they hear the voice of Jesus. I find it wonderful when you meet a new convert and they come running up to you and they say, I've read this this week. Can you explain it to me? It's the voice of Jesus. They'd never heard it before. Jesus speaking into their hearts. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Do you hear him speak to you? Obey what you read and you say, I'm following Jesus. Do you enjoy those soul-refreshing times when the Lord just draws near and opens up his word to you? Do you know that special soul-searching peace as he leads you into those by the still waters and you spend time with the Lord, and the Lord with you. A believer knows the voice of Jesus. In verse 14 of that 10th chapter of John, our Lord Jesus Christ describes a believer in yet another way. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. A believer is somebody who has a close, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone you know and that you love. It seems strange to the unbeliever. They can't understand it. But for the Christian, there is that deep relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus. And you know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. You haven't got to tell him what's going in your life. He knows. And as I said this morning, he knows the things you wouldn't like him to know because he knows everything. But the comfort is that we have a relationship. And as he can talk to us, we can talk to him and we can delight in his word. And we can hear him speaking to us. We can experience his love just filling our hearts as he draws near to us and we have those lovely times with him. We can be guided by His Spirit. His Spirit guiding us on life's pathway. Him saying to us, this is the way. Walk in it. He refreshes my soul, says David. If I want to ask you this morning, if you're one of those who would say, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. I do trust Him. I want to ask you, do you trust Him implicitly? Do you trust him in the good times as well as the bad? Do you walk with him and trust him all the time? Philippians 4 verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Do we trust him in every area of our lives? That lovely verse from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 3 verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Can we say this morning, Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. And I do and I will trust him. Jesus continued with that theme. And we'll continue with it. Because further on in that 10th chapter, he expands another aspect of the Lord as our shepherd. And he says in verse 11 of that 10th chapter of John, I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And this is showing us where our faith journey had its beginning. It began at the cross of Calvary. And I want to ask you this morning, can you remember that time when your journey of faith began? That time when you began to feel in your heart that kind of voice that was speaking to you. You felt a stirring within you that you hadn't known before. You began to feel that someone was speaking to you. You began to become concerned about your sin and the awareness that you were not right with God. Excuse me. And it's something you'd never known before. It was strange, and yet it was real. And you began searching, what do I do? We heard two testimonies this morning, and this characteristic came out in both of them. They began to feel stirrings in their heart, then they began searching. And that's how it is. Because the Lord Jesus Christ came and gave his life for us to deal with this problem of sin. Sin is the biggest problem that humanity faces. It is the barrier that stands between us and God. It's not a case of whether our good deeds are better than all our bad deeds. Forget all of that. It's to do with the fact that the human race, by its own block, is a, it has a barrier between them and God. It came in at the Garden of Eden. It's called the fall, and it affects the whole of humanity. It doesn't matter how, how good you are, you're out of relationship with God until you come to Jesus. Jesus was very clear. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so the Lord Jesus came into this world. He went to the cross of Calvary. And it's at Calvary He took our sin. He bore our sin on the cross. He died in our place so that He could give us the righteousness, His righteousness, and clothe us so that we are, we are fully forgiven. He then floods our hearts with that sense of forgiveness and assures us that He loves us. He comes into our life and He seals home with a deep sense of assurance that we belong to Him and He belongs to us. And you've come into faith because the Lord Jesus gave His life on the cross. Have you been to that cross? Have you seen your sin laid on the Savior? Have you taken that step of faith that says, Lord, I believe that you've carried my sin and I will follow you? Can you say from your heart this morning, the Lord is my shepherd and I put my trust in him. But as we go on in our Christian lives, we find that life does have its little ups and downs, has its interesting moments, has its crises that come along. And we find ourselves facing many problems. And David speaks about it quite honestly. And he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Trials will come in the life of the Christian. And it will have dark valley experiences. There will be times when you feel you don't know what day of the week it is. You're in a, a suffering, traumatic experiences, the deep heart pain, feeling alone, feeling vulnerable, feeling totally overwhelmed. If you go through times like that, 
Let me assure you, you're not alone. David felt it. Many of us have felt it. Talk to many people here. They've known these experiences. But what David says, and I want you to take note of this, is he says in there, I will fear no evil before you are with me. I turn to the passage in the prophecy of Zechariah, and it paints a picture there that helps us understand it so much deeper. It puts, puts it so powerfully. In Zechariah chapter 1, verses 8 to 18, the people of God have been in exile for many years. And Zechariah is at the time when some of the people are coming back to the old promised land. And they're full of excitement and looking forward to coming back to that land. Only when they get there, it's devastated. No stone upon another. The whole protective wall is broken. There's nowhere to live. There's no source of income. They are destitute. They're in a terrible mess. And the people that were around in that area pillaged the, pillaged the whole site and were not pleased to see them. And Zechariah sees this vision. And this is a vision of a deep ravine with the people of God trapped at the bottom with myrtle trees that are just growing like shrubs at the bottom. And he sees movement among the myrtle trees. And there's a man on horseback. Just a man on horseback, thinks Zechariah. But Zechariah has an angel standing by him. This angel is with him through all of the visions that he sees. He's like a sports commentator that is telling him what's going on and explaining it to him. And he says, that man on horseback is the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is right down there in that valley. He's right down there with God's people. He's suffering with them. He's feeling their pain. He knows what they're going through. And while he's watching this vision, Zechariah sees messengers coming in from all ends of the earth. And they bring him news of all the other nations around. Nations that have no acknowledgement of God whatsoever. And he reports that all the other nations are getting on nicely. They're all prospering. They're all happy. And we're told the angel of the Lord was very angry. That God's people are suffering in that way. And he goes, we're told, straight into the presence of Almighty God. The Bible tells us there's only one person who in their own name and their own right can come into the presence of Almighty God. It is our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a picture of Jesus we're seeing in the Old Testament. And Jesus, where is he? Right there with his people who are suffering. Right there with the people going through that awful trauma. When you go through that deep ravine, when you go through that deep trouble, he is with you. And he's feeling for you. But he does more than that. He goes into the presence of the Father and He intercedes for you. He pleads for you. And we read in this Zechariah that God responds and He restores His people. God answers the prayers of His Son when He intercedes for Him. As it says in the epistle of Hebrews, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet did not sin. Even in the darkest hour, the Lord is still my shepherd. But he goes on to explain another experience that we have in our Christian lives. And he puts it this way. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And for David, this was times when he felt he was being hunted down. I mean, uh, there were those that wanted to take the throne from him at times. Saul hated him and was out to try and kill him. And David remembered times like that. And I, do, I hope that none of you have got hitmen searching for you. You're not under that kind of pressure. But there can be times that can be just like that. Like big black clouds that come over our lives. Problems that we have done our absolute level best to deal with and they're still there. We can't solve them. Problems within the family or finances or whatever. But whatever you try and do, you can't get rid of them and you're living your life under this cloud. And it seems to have eyes on it. And it seems to haunt you and taunt you and say, where's your shepherd now? Your good shepherd. And you feel like that. And we read in this passage that the Lord comes along and says, look, I'd like to spend time with you. I'd like you to come to this table. Look, it's laid out with beautiful meats of all tastes and fruit, absolutely exotic. And I want you to sit down and I want to spend quality time with you. But Lord, I've got all these great problems. What are you talking about? I can't put my mind to that. And the Lord says, you can't deal with them, but I can. Give them to me. You know what it says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's your shepherd speaking. Your good shepherd. And Matthew 6, 27, this is the words of Jesus. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, no, no. What you can't resolve, you pass to the Lord. And by faith, you say, Lord, I trust you. Now then, can we spend time together? And the Lord wants to draw us together. And he wants to pour this oil over with the oil with a beautiful aroma, like a massage that relaxes us in his presence. And then he puts this cup, lovely cool drink. He says, look, let's just sit down. Let's just spend time together. You know, that's what the Lord wants in our Christian lives. He wants to draw near to us and spend time with us. He wants to enjoy our presence. He wants to see us enjoying his presence and to know him, to spend quality time with him. Soul refreshing, rich relationship with Jesus. Do you know times like that? Seek them and value them when they come. May the Lord bless us with that. And so the psalmist goes on, having described the Christian life in this way, and he comes to this conclusion. Verse 6, surely goodness and love, or other versions may put mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. You know the word goodness? It is the whole character of God, the whole of the Godhead, His nature, every aspect of Him. And He says, I'm making my whole self available to you, and you can draw on me for anything that you need as you walk through your Christian life. As it says in the book of James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who will give liberally. Or if you're feeling spiritually weak, we read in Ephesians 
3 and verse 16, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. There are resources within the Godhead to meet us in every need that we, we meet. We just need to tap into the Godhead. Say, Lord, I need your strength here. I need your guidance here. I need your help. And in that way, he can help us. And following hard on the heels of goodness comes mercy or love. It's a word that in our English we really just cannot translate. The authorized version translators introduced a new word to the English language in their attempt to interpret this Hebrew word, and they put in loving kindness. But it's this wonderful love of God that's so tender, so caring, and yet is so strong and providing for us in every way a gracious, a gracious loving care, watching over us every step, every little hiccup we have, every little mess up we come to, we're trying to walk honestly with God, but we keep failing. And yet the Scriptures tell us if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Why? Because Jesus has already paid the price. And it would not be just for Him to charge us again. We can trust in Him. And the way the Lord cares for us is with His mercy and His love tenderly watching over us. When you and I fall, he just gets down on his hands and knees beside us, picks us up, washes up the mess, and helps us on our way. That's his mercy. That's the Christian life. That's how he will care for us and watch over us. And David's conclusion with all of that is this. If that's the Christian life, if that's what I get by walking with God, then I will dwell in the presence in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm not moving from the Lord's presence. This is my home. This is where I belong. This is where I feel accepted. This is where I know God loves me. I'm not leaving this place. This is where I want to be. Can you say that this morning? Can you say, yes, I want to live with Jesus. I want to stay with Him. I want to dwell with Him. Not just for the rest of my life, for the time that goodness will travel with us, but throughout all of our life and into an endless, unending eternity. We will dwell with Him. And which will be our home. Pass through the grave and your home status doesn't change. You're still dwelling with the Lord. I want to ask you as we close, and musicians, you're welcome to come up. I forgot that this morning. But um, I want to ask you as we close. This is a description of the Christian life. This is the life that Charlie is setting out on. And bless you, Charlie. We look forward to seeing you make a testimony here through baptism this morning. And this is, and it all begins at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus? Do you know Him as your Savior? Can you put your hand on your heart this morning and say, yes, the Lord is 
my shepherd. He's my saviour. He's my Lord. If not, search for him. Because Jesus said, search, seek, and you will find. But I want to ask you as we close, you put your faith in the Lord Jesus, you're trusting in him, the risen, reigning Lord, now will you trust him day by day, implicitly, whatever comes, the bad times as well as the good, and will you make this commitment, Lord I will dwell in your presence forever. This is my home, and I want to live with you. We're going to have a little song now. Um, it's one where we can reflect on what we've been looking at, and it poses this, I've forgotten the words now, it will come up in a minute, but, um, and I will trust in you alone, is the, is the refrain. I will trust in you alone. I want to invite you, sit or stand, Sing it if you know it. If you don't, follow the words. Keep close with the words. May the Lord just make this our response to what we've heard. Thank you. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by.
your goodness.